around with a tiny ringing sound like a little chime. I suppose you want me to overflow with gratitude, she yelled. I get a cruddy tin box for a house and a dinosaur for a computer? Lucky me. What about the duplex, Dwight? You could have given me that. The duplex is gone to pay for the house, Denise. Dwight kept his lips in a line. Mommers kicked at her own overstuffed suitcase. Then she said all kinds of other things I won't mention. But boy, did I hear some language. Dwight walked away from her. That might have seemed mean to anyone who happened to be watching that day. But I didn't really blame him. He had my little sisters to think of. Half-sisters, that is. They're Dwight's kids. I'm not. Like I said, my family is full of twists and turns. He leaned down and gave me a shaky hug. I squeezed him back and swallowed hard. He whispered into my shoulder, I'm sorry, Addie girl. Then he looked at me eye to eye and said, I'll be around. You know that. I nodded. And you'll bring Brenna and Katie, right? Of course, as often as I can. Then it'll be all right, I said, and I faked a big old smile. Dwight got back into his truck and raised a hand to wave goodbye. He turned his wheels away from us, and with a screech and a lurch, he was out of there. I stood next to Mommers, both of us looking at the trailer. The thing was dingy and faded, but I could tell it had once been the color of sunshine. It was plunked down on a few stacks of cinder blocks at the corner of Freeman's Bridge Road and Knott Street in the city of Schenectady, in the state of New York. It was a busy corner, medium busy, I'd say. The only patch out front was the tarry blacktop bubbling up in the heat of the late summer afternoon. No pinwheels. No garden gnome. Can you believe this, Addison? Mommers said. She stared at the trailer door. That reprobate. Reprobate, I said. There's one for my vocabulary book. Yeah, Addie, and for the definition, you just write Dwight. She fell into a heap and started to cry. I stooped beside Mommers. I gave her shoulder a pat, tried to get her to look at me, but she wouldn't. Then the little flash of silver caught my eye. I reached down and picked up the key. Chapter 2 Small Stuff I've always sort of liked small places like tents and bunk beds. You can make them all your own just by being there to fill up the space. I rolled the key over in my palm. I wanted to see the inside of that trailer. I climbed the metal steps, pretty sturdy, and stuck the key into the lock. I gave it a twist. Suddenly, there was such noise. The rushing and whooshing filled my ears, and my legs went weak underneath me. The key quivered in the lock of the trailer. Yah! I jumped off the step and started to run back to Mommers. It's starting up, I yelled. 
The loud clack, clack, clacking noise at my back drowned me out. Mommers covered both her ears, her mouth wide open in a silent scream. She had big round eyes fixed on something over my head. I was sure the trailer was falling off its blocks, about to crash. I turned in time to see the blur. A silver train streaked by on the tracks right above our new home. Silence followed. Then Mommers wailed. We're living under a train? Well, sort of in front of, I said, glancing back at the empty tracks. My heart was still pounding. What's the difference? She said. I braved the metal stairs again, took a breath, and pulled open the door to the trailer. It really was a little house inside. More of a